Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sikoder, the Louisville Real Estate Show, with you. Some great questions coming up. And also, a little later on in the show, nine ways you could, your neighbors can mess up your home sale. You can do the, everything right, and the neighbors, they can create a problem. We'll have that in just a few minutes. First, we'd like to welcome in the studio Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices, and his number is 499-6360. Good to see you, Chuck. Good to see you, Bob. Also here, Brian Likens. Brian, I've lost your phone number. How do you like that? It's gone. All right. It's 502-773-4834. 4834 I hate when I do that. Okay. Um, so let's also tell you that uh, if you'd like to reach me, 376-5483. That's Bob Sekolder. Or they can do what I do. What's that? Put you on speed dial. Oh, there you go. That's be a good way to do it. Three seven six five four eight three. If you'd like to see, because we're recording our show on video for uh, on YouTube, as a matter of fact, you can see our radio show and get answers to questions uh, at any time. LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's LouisvilleAnswers.com. To the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show News Radio eight forty WHAS. Hello. Hey, Bob. This is Jennifer. Yeah. My mom died two weeks ago. Do um, I need to wait six months to list her home? Sorry to hear about your mom passing away. Chuck, what's the law on this? Uh, typically, uh, no, you don't have to wait six months. Uh, the whole idea of six months is the uh, claim period from the time uh, you file the probate to when you can disperse money. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would suggest you do is if you are going, to, if she has a will, even if she doesn't have a will, get probate set up. Then you can list the house as soon as probate is set up. So explain that. To me and others who have no clue, what does that mean? By okay. setting if she up has a will, go to an attorney. Uh, I know yeah. uh, a ton of attorneys who do this sort of and work. And you do this as well? I generally don't. It's, okay. it's kind of an area in and unto itself. But uh, I know the people who do it. So if I don't do it, I know who does. So but they the, set up. Yeah, what they'll do is they'll take the will. They'll probate the will. That is to say they go in front of a judge. The judge passes on whether or mm-hmm. not it's a self-proving will. or If it's not, then they'll get witnesses in, et cetera, et cetera. It's usually a very simple process. Usually can be done within a couple of weeks. And uh, once that's done, then the will is sent over to the county clerk's office uh, so it can be picked up whenever we run title. But once you've gone and set up probate, then you can go ahead and list it. So, and just to be specific, once you've set it up, you're talking about actually having the judge approve yeah. it that it's proved right. itself, and then once the judge has approved it, then you can move forward with yeah. listing then it. Then go ahead and list. Then okay. uh, the will will indicate whether or not uh, the personal representative has the power to sell the property. If they don't, then you need to make a motion to sell the property. That kind of thing. Okay. Uh, if there is no will. Then you're going to go in and uh, set up probate, but you won't have a will to set up, so you'll have an administrator as opposed to an executor, mm. uh, and then you'll have to uh, petition the court for the power to sell property. So I think what's probably equally important to uh, Jennifer's question is the fact that all people who are listening to us, do you have a will? I think it's so important. I know, Chuck, you mm-hmm. do wills, mm-hmm. um, and it's so important to have them. So in the event that something happens to you, there's a, ch- a, a written chain of succession yeah. as to what happens. Yeah, and and in all reality, uh, a will is a good thing. Everybody ought to have them. Along with it, you do a durable power of attorney, a health care surrogate, a living will, that kind yeah. of thing. So it hits all, all the angles. But 
you know, the, the, the intestate, uh, the statues for intestacy are not that horrible. It's not like you see on TV where, oh, the government's going to get your house. Yeah, right. Uh, for, the, for the most part, it's, you know, normal. Uh, it goes along the lines of where you would, most people would generally have their property. But hmm. still best to have a will. It's much quicker. Reason yeah. being, if you have a will that says the uh, executrix or executor has the power to sell, then they can just go ahead and do it. Okay, no fuss, no muss. Uh, If you don't have a will, you have to actually get court permission. And that can be as much as 30 days notice, then about 30 days, 20, 30 days to get the hearing in front of the judge. And then you have a mandatory 30-day waiting period. Mm. So, I actually have one of those right now. Yeah, they really, were unaware uh, of it when they started the process. Yeah, it's, the, one of the, the buyer was. it's one of the few situations in, in real estate law where a deed is void uh, in the Latin ab initio from the very beginning. A lot of deeds can be voidable, but uh, those are deeds that are void from the very beginning if you try and do the closing within that 30-day period. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So back to the phones we go. Interesting stuff. Uh, good morning, Bob Sekulder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHASO. Yeah. I just listed my house. When I come to closing, uh, how much money do I need to bring to the table? Well, of course, it depends on how much is owed and how much the contract is for. So those are the things that we don't know. But let's just talk about in general, Chuck. Can you just give us kind of a rundown? Yep. And then also, Brian, maybe you can bring in your end of it, what's, what's coming as a seller, is there anything that you can think of, Chuck? Yeah, in in general, you're, the seller is going to have uh, real estate commissions, usually, what, uh, 6%? Uh, mm, we don't talk about yeah. commissions on the air, but, yeah, that's... Okay, yeah, right. well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, they'll have that. Then they'll have some attorney's fees for the closing, uh, you know, not much. Uh, same thing with uh, doc prep. Then there will be a dollar per thousand on a transfer tax, uh, and then there will be prorations of taxes, payoffs on any liens, that kind of thing. Uh, so generally, if you want to know exactly what you're going to walk away with, we won't know that till we run the title, find out what all the liens are, get payoffs on all the liens, et cetera. But generally, take your purchase price, uh, subtract out your uh, your payoffs, uh, and then give me a call. I can tell you what the taxes will prorate to. Uh, Based on the time of year. Yeah, so you'll at least be in the ballpark. Right. You'll also have to pay $1 per thousand doc stamp transfer. Yeah, $100,000 house. And, and as the county clerks right. will always correct me when I say a dollar per thousand. They say no. It's fifty cents per five hundred. Oh, really? Is that? Do they really do that? The statute really does say fifty, 50 cents, cents per thousand per five hundred per five hundred. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, from a lender standpoint, really, it, there's nothing that the seller is going to have to worry about at all. Yeah, we don't really see a lot of information when it comes to the selling side yeah. of the transaction. I mean, I think it's customary for an agent to provide a net sheet. Is that is that correct? Yeah, and they, typically it, easily we would be able to do that. But you also get the CD, which used to be called the HUD, that uh-huh. was all changed. It was a 2012 with all the changes that came in. If it wasn't 2013, but anyway, so October 3rd, 2015. Oh, very good. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Yeah. But as far as the, as far as the lending side and the buyer side goes, we don't typically see much information when it comes to the selling side for privacy. Right. And if I remember correctly, the original date was, wasn't it July 1, 2013, 10, 10, something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Then the government said, oops, we didn't do it properly. We've got to change it. So, okay. So from the seller standpoint, that's basically it. Commissions, fees, there's taxes that you'll get rebated part of. Uh, depending upon when you close, and yeah, depending. Yeah. And there are attorney fees, and those usually run anywhere between two hundred and fifty and three hundred and fifty bucks, about on average, right? You well, know, it depends on who you're using. I, oh, that's true. I'd say mine falls significantly below that. Amount. There you go. Yes, but. you could call Chuck Crosby <laughs> any time. I'll give you that number in just a couple of minutes. All right, back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sikoler, Louisville Real Estate Show News Radio eight forty WHAS. Hello. 
Hi, Bob. This is Karen. Hey. Uh, I have my home listed, and I've had numerous showings, but no one has even made an offer, not even a lowball offer. How come? Mm. Uh, great question. I'm sure you're not alone, Karen, that there are a lot of people who say that, that they don't have any offers. <clears throat> Excuse me. So not even a lowball offer. So let's go over a couple of things. So here's what we look at on a national level. If you've had 10, and in some cases 12, but 10 generally showings and no offer, it's very possible you're 5 to 7% overpriced. If you've had no showings in a month, then you are very possibly 10% overpriced. In essence, the market is rejecting your price point and or your home. But if you've had multiple showings and not a lowball offer, let me explain to you why that's happening. In years past, and by that I mean in 2008 through 2014, we had such a buyer's market that when agents, buyer agents would go out with clients in the car, they would say, listen, if you like the house, let's put a, a low offer in because you never know what the seller is going to accept. I mean, they, they've been on the house. In many cases, homes were on the market for upwards of uh, six months or more. And so sellers were getting fairly desperate. They would take an offer. So you'd go in with a lowball offer. So fast forward now to this year where it is so difficult to find a home, let alone procure it, because there's so many people looking for it. Buyer agents are traveling with their clients and saying, listen, if you like this house, consider going in equal or above the list price if you really want the house. But they're discouraging on all levels to go in below the price or a lowball offer because the sellers will shut down. They will stop. In fact, I can tell you from personal experience, seller says to me, that was a lowball offer. I'm not even going to respond to it. Who cares what they want? We're not even going to talk about it. So understand the problem is that you may have priced the home too high to begin with, and that's why you're not getting an offer. People are going in, they're saying, okay, it's a nice home, but it's not worth this amount of money. So what you'll need to do, if it was me, I would tell you to think about bringing the price down. We call it a price adjustment. You could call it just dropping your price. Um, And you can also go back to the other agents. Now, what we do is when we send feedback to agents who have shown our properties, it asks specific questions in that one of the questions is about pricing and where it should be or what it is and where the problems are. So hopefully that helps you with why you are not getting an offer and what you should do about it. Back to the phones we go. Bob Sekolder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Hey, Bob. This is Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. I sold my home last year, and I got a call from a collection agency saying I owe money from the sale of my home. Can that be possible? So, Chuck, this sounds like a scam to me. Um, yes and no. If the whoever did the closing missed a lien, it's possible. Oh, if there was, uh, and there's there's a couple outfits uh, up in Cincinnati and one in Indy that do a sort of you know down payment assistance kind of thing. But yeah. you got to have the house for a particular period of time. Sometimes those get missed. But in the general course of business, if you're dealing with a reputable closing outfit, no. Somebody calls up and says, hey, you owe money because you sold your house. No, no. Uh, I'd like to see that letter. I'd like to uh, investigate in that. Uh, There's all kinds of scams that come out. Uh, My personal favorite is the the one that will get sent out after a deed is recorded. Yeah. 
It'll uh, have the government blue ink on it, and it'll say words to the effect of, hey, if you don't have a copy of your recorded deed, Mm. then you're in big trouble. Well, generally it takes about one month from the time of closing to the time the original deed is mailed out with the title policy to the new buyer. Nobody's going to have their recorded deed. The letter comes out like the first week. And so they offer very kindly to, for $80, oh. we will get you a copy of your recorded document, which you can get for free off the computer. Remember that. You can get it for free. And Chuck's yeah. bringing up some really good points. Something that I would tell you to do on this, uh, Rebecca, is one, you want to call your agent who helped you um, sell the home. And they'll put you in contact with your closing attorney, and that's yeah. where you need to go. That's generally that kind of thing. If somebody comes up and gives you a call and says, hey, your mortgage isn't paid off, yeah. well, you know, you need to call the people that were supposed to pay yeah. it off at closing. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If uh, you'd like to hear and see what sellers are saying about us, our Sekolar Medley team, very simple. Head to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. That's LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. And, of course, if you want to read the reviews on Zillow, you can go to LouisvilleZillow.com. And take a look at one of our many reviews that we've got. In the studio, we'll take a break, by the way. And and when we come back, nine ways your neighbors can mess up the sale of your home. In the studio, my buddy Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. And his direct number is 499-6360. Also, Brian Likens, who's with Swan Financial. uh, Great guy, and they do a great job over there. Uh, Randy's a buddy and, and really makes sure that things run well. You can reach Brian anytime at 773-4834. And me, anytime, 376-5483. We are back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information, other restrictions may apply. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations. And as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. Whether investing in the best entrepreneurs on Shark Tank or hiring the best real estate agents at the Corcoran Group, doing my homework on them ahead of time was critical. So which agent do I 
recommend in your area. In Louisville, I would call Bob Sokoler. Bob outsells every agent in Louisville year after year and attracts thousands of buyers every month. That's why he can guarantee to sell your home at a price and a deadline you agreed to or Bob will buy it. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get top dollar for your home. News Radio 840 WHAS, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you in the studios. Chuck Crosby, Crosby Law Offices, 499-6360, and Brian Likens from Swan Financial. They do a great job, 773-4834. By the way, you know, you can pick the attorney you want to close your your home, your loan, and we work with some of the best attorneys in the city. In fact, I'd even go as far to say in the country. Great people, all of them. And Chuck is at the top of my list, as always. Incidentally, if you need an agent to help you buy or sell a home, we make it very easy. Go to LouisvilleAgent.com. That's LouisvilleAgent.com. Okay, nine ways to help you sell your home by talking to your neighbors and saying, hey, you got to stop this or help me. I'm yeah. trying to sell my home, right? Yeah. Bring them cookies, as Chuck would say. So... If you've ever been on the hunt for that perfect piece of real estate, you know that decisions aren't made by checklists alone. Sure, factors like location, square footage, number of bedrooms and bathrooms, they form the basis of any buyer's search. But there are other factors, including what does the neighborhood look like. So despite the old saying, the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence, what lies on the other side of yours is an overgrown wilderness of dead brush debris and bric-a-brac prospective home buyers may prefer to look elsewhere so if you got that problem and i've seen a couple you need to somehow sit down bring them some cookies and mm. cake or something and say listen say, hey yeah can i mow your lawn for you yeah and that's happened especially remember the old yeah with short sales and, and actually in yeah. foreclosures we, a lot of a lot of sellers would do that of their neighbor also a foreclosure in the neighborhood is the kiss of death speaking of foreclosures for other homes on the market, while a foreclosed house next door may not deter first-time home buyers looking for a starter home, more discerning shoppers may see it as a sign of a bad neighborhood and keep on driving right past your open house. So that's where you really think about helping to keep that in check and clean it up. Loud noises in the neighborhood could be another deterrent to home house hunters uh, scoping out your place, whether the teenagers next door are arguing or arguing or abandoning of loud music coming outdoors that could be a real problem and whether or not you like it or not sometimes something as simple as a next door neighbor who smokes can turn off prospects in a heartbeat that's because secondhand smoke as we've heard can uh, really kill folks and problems that it causes also particularly for parents with young kids an unfriendly dog or any dog next door house or across the street or running loose can be a real deal breaker safety is often a top priority for families so Keep an eye on FIDOs around the area. Also, if you live in a subdivision that requires residents to abide by a list of rules and regulations, any rebellious neighbors who are in the clear violation of the rules could cause grief. I remember we listed a house in uh, eastern Jefferson County in a neighborhood where right across the street, and they didn't allow boats, but this guy had a boat. Another one had a a, a big pickup truck Mm -hmm. and not so good. So you report that to your homeowner association, even... You've mentioned this, Chuck. The city, uh, county, government can help to enforce Yeah, a lot problems. of times you can just mm-hmm. give them a call and they'll come out and say, excuse me, you're not supposed to have that. Homes located within one-tenth of a mile of a registered sex offender 
can suffer up to a 10% decrease in property value and take 10% longer to sell. Do you guys know that? I don't know if you realize that. It, it's true. And, you know, this is all stuff mm-hmm. online. And there's not a whole lot you can do about this, but just be aware of what's going on in your neighborhood. And then finally, while most homeowners know that a fresh exterior paint job can really amp up a home's curb appeal, it seems that every neighborhood has one of those homes that hasn't seen a fresh coat of paint in decades. If the eyesore happens to be one of your immediate neighbors, buyers may think twice about making an offer. It's true. It really does happen. So consider leaving your favorite house painter's business card in your neighbor's door. It might inspire him to take action. Hopefully that helps you in terms of some of the things that your neighbors can do to help you sell your home. Back to the phones. Good morning. Bob Sikulder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Kathy. Yeah. A seller picked another offer over mine because I have an FHA mortgage. Is that allowed? You know, this is, I've heard this before. Brian, what about FHA mortgage? What, why is there such a um, shadow over an FHA mortgage by some sellers? You know, sometimes I, when I, that happens, I try to educate some of the agents because I, I think a little bit, um, maybe remember stuff from back in the day when maybe FHA was a little more difficult. But, I mean, for the last 13, 14 years that I've been doing this, it's pretty much just another normal loan. I think the appraiser kind of looks at some things a little bit differently. But as far as the speed and the turn times and everything else, it's pretty much a normal loan. So, yeah. I, yeah, I thought about this in detail because I'm thinking that this is not the first time I've heard this. In fact, I hear it on a regular basis. And I came up with an answer, and I came up with an answer that lays the blame squarely at the feet of the government sticking their nose where they shouldn't have. When the government changed the regulations, giving appraisers, uh, the FHA appraisers, the requirement to not only do an appraisal but also do an inspection, that's where the problem began. So even though the buyer, the seller, the real estate agents have all agreed on what the repairs needed to be and everybody signed off on it, here comes an appraiser who's been given the power by the government to look for other things that the government thinks is important. And whether that's important to the seller or not, it doesn't matter. Things like drains running slowly, peeling paint, things like that. And sure, peeling paint is a sign that it needs to be fixed, but that should be the the requirement of the the, the buyer, the new buyer, not the seller who is selling the home and it is already discussed and agreed to what is needed to be done for the buyer that's purchasing the home. So I know the government's not listening to me, but I would tell you, folks, sometimes they put their, and we all know this, they put their nose where they shouldn't, and they did this here, and that's why I think FHA has has gotten a bad name because you've got these inspectors, and the, the appraisers are doing what they're being told. Nothing against the appraisers, but to have them inspect, I was told when this ordinance came back out years ago, they were handed a book and said, memorize this, and this is what you need to look at when you're going out to appraise a house. So now they have appraiser and their inspectors, which from a book, not from any teaching. So just my two cents on it, Kathy. I'm sorry that you had to deal with it, but that's what I would tell you to do and go from there. Let's go back to the phone. Good morning, Bob Sekulder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Sam. Yeah. The sellers of the home I'm buying did not complete all the repairs, and I'm supposed to close next week. Should I postpone the closing until the repairs are done? So a couple of things, that I'm going to go to both of our guys here because this is really a very difficult question. There's, again, here we go, government looking into what we're doing, and that's nothing wrong, but I'm just simply saying 
in cases in the past, some years ago, you could say to the buyer as a seller, okay, look, let me just cut you a check for this amount of money in lieu of these repairs, and you can get it done. Chuck, what's wrong with that? Well, uh, other than the fact that it's a felony and there's loan fraud involved in all of that, nothing. Well, and then explain why <laughs> Why is it – let's go to Brian. Why is it a felony, a felony Brian, that we're, we're give, handing a check, the seller hands a check to the buyer to make those repairs? Well, I mean, I, I think there's supposed to be no money that's not disclosed outside of the transaction itself. Yep. So you've got to monitor that. I mean, it goes towards the purchase price uh, and walking away with real money. And back to the problems of 08 where people were overvaluing houses. Uh, yeah, it's a $500,000 house. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, we'll get the appraiser to go out there. Here's a contract that says it. You know, let's let's beef that up. Oh, and by the way, you know, I'm going to give you back a soft second for 200000 of that five hundred. So what in reality you have is a $300,000 house. You just committed loan fraud to get a loan based on a $500,000 house, which you can't afford to begin with. And but it, Chuck, yeah. uh, very honestly here, mm-hmm. eye to eye here, has that, is that still in play? Hasn't that changed? Hasn't uh, there been a complete has overhaul? That, has that changed to some extent? But you have to, the, the reason it's not in play anymore is because of a lot of these, even though that particular issue was still a rule back uh, prior to 08. Yeah, but, but Sam is now not going to be able to close unless... No, that's not exactly true. Okay, so what but, are your suggestions? You, you've, got, you've, got different, you've got different issues going here. Seller agreed to do A, B, and C and did not do A, B, and C. That's, yeah. That has nothing to do with the government. That has everything to do with the seller not keeping up his share of the bargain. Listen, I will tell you, on one level, I understand what you're saying, but on another level, I will tell you wrong, and here's why. I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Go ahead. on this. So here's why. I love this debate, this give and take. So here's why I'll tell you. Because I have sellers who have tried contacting Mm -hmm. vendors, and a lot of vendors, and they're booked. If you try to get an HVAC guy out in the next couple of weeks to try to fix a problem, Mm -hmm. I've got one right now I'm trying to fix. You can't. I understand that. So what are you going to do? I understand that. What, no, no, really. What are you going to do? Make an addendum. That says what? That says uh, we removed this from the contract. Oh, so now you're saying yeah. that the buyer should give hey, up on that part of it? Uh, or make other arrangements. See, I think that's wrong. No, you I, can, you can yeah. change your contract. The whole point here is yeah. you're trying to have your cake and eat it, too. Uh, no, I'm trying yeah. to just get it no, closed for the seller that's and what the I'm buyer. Saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You're having your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Um, you can make the addendum to change the purchase price to match the the amount that it would. Whoa, whoa, but whoa. Then it goes has to go back through right. underwriting. Brian, what does that do to that's, you? Oh, it throws it way off. Oh, I yeah. understand that. Oh, we're yeah. delay oh, yeah. now. now we're in delay for weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's not the fault of the buyer. And under your scenario, that's not the fault well, of, of the, the seller. seller who's it tried. just is. Well, uh, that's but that's saying okay. It just is, now, you know. No, the the fact it's matters, raining outside. I don't need to put an umbrella up because it's just raining. No, the no, the point yeah. is, you can't say I want to change the entire structure of how loans are securitized just so that I can a uh, get around these rules and b still close on time and get a paycheck. I'm simply it just saying, doesn't work. That I'm way. simply saying. So allow the seller to cut the buyer a check for $87 to do an HVAC inspection and get it fixed. Right. And then wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, no, there's no wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've I've had so many people, like I said, uh, the last show we had, if I had a dime for every time somebody called me up and says, oh, yeah, let's do that soft second. Every lender does it. They say they do it every day and twice on Sunday. No, no, I get it. I I run into that stuff All, all the time. All I am saying at this point is... You've got two people, one who wants to uh-huh. sell, one who wants Understand to that. buy, 
and they're being delayed, but there's no workaround that's legal that would keep them safe from having a problem down the road. There are vendors out there, is all I got to say. That particular scenario, yeah, it's hard on both of them. The fact of the matter is that's not the scenario that I normally see in this case. Okay. The scenario that I normally see is you've got a seller that, that agrees to do something or was pushed by their agent into agreeing and then wants to back out of it. I will tell you, I totally disagree on this I understand. One. I, and, and I'm looking at it from the seller standpoint and the buyer standpoint. Something needs to be done, and sometimes you just can't get to that level. I just see that. I mean, there just needs to be some something that can help their buyers need, and sellers. This goes to, to the, the point that I do like to make. There is yeah. a difference between making a checklist and saying, this is the way, walkie in it, and being uh, human and having reality. We will table that one and consider that. We'll have to discuss that another day. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Office, is 499-6360. Brian Likens from Swan Financial. And his number is 773-4834. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. I'm Bob Sokoler. You can reach me anytime at 376-5483. And again, we love this. I mean, this is the type of stuff that, this is a big industry, and there are good things and there are bad things. And unfortunately, sometimes things don't get worked out. You can't force everything into one scenario. We're out of time. See you next week on News Radio 840 WHAS.